What is up, fight fans? Welcome back to another episode of the MMA Anomaly Show, No Filter. This time we got the homie back, T-Piz. T-Piz takes. You know he's taking the piz, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so in this episode, we have a few things to go over, obviously. Big, big time in, in mixed martial arts and just combat sports in general. Uh, we have Jake Paul going up against a real boxer this weekend and Tommy Fury. Real boxer. Super real. Um and uh, yeah, that's going to be a great, great fight. If you didn't check out my last video on that, make sure you check that out for a little bit more detailed analysis on uh, how great of a real boxer Tommy Fury is. We'll also be going over UFC Vegas 70, which has quite a few offerings. It's funny, you know, the, the main event, Nikita Krylov versus Ryan Spann, which we will talk about a little bit later. It's not the fight that I'm most excited about. And I'm pretty sure you feel the exact same way, right, T? 100%, brother. 100%. First off, hey, thank you for having me back on there, you know. Obviously, ready to give you guys some of the most degenerate takes that you'll probably ever hear. But you know what? That's the way we got to work it sometimes, you know? And uh, I agree with you. I agree with you. This is actually, and, and it's funny, we were just saying this off air literally two minutes ago, but Uncle Dan have been doing a damn good job of making these fights, man. I mean, I, I know it's the two up top as well, but geez, Louise, it's, it's Mick Maynard and uh, Sean Shelby, man. Mickey, Mick, and Sean Shelby, bro. They are carrying it, bro. <laughs> They gotta get that boy Dan off his knees, man, because these guys are doing fantastic work, brother. They're, They're doing a world class game. job, you know. And and even like we were talking about looking at these this this card, bro. I mean, top to bottom, this was actually surprising. One of the ones where I actually looked at, and I I really feel like there's a lot of upsets. And I'm sure we can talk a little bit about this later. But there's there's a lot of opportunity for upsets. There's definitely a lot of room for upsets in this right. one. Um, before we get into upsets, I got a question. Yes. What is uh, on this UFC Vegas 70 card? What's the fight that you would say you're most excited for? Man, I think in truth, uh, as much as I like the the light heavyweight fight with you know Nikita Krylov and Ryan Spann, I mean, I'm a big fan of both those guys. And uh, sure. I mean, just even in both their last fights, I mean, we talk about Ryan Spann, the way that he has absolute knuckles and the way he dominates. I, I'm pretty, pretty excited for that fight, man. But I don't know, man. I think there's a few fights back here that I actually would like a little bit more. I mean, you know, uh, I'd like to even potentially look at some of the earlier fights, you know, Rafael Alves versus Murillo Aliv. I mean, I think I think that one in itself is one of those that I wouldn't even potentially consider it upset on. You know, I I, I think Rafael is constantly getting looked at as as not really that sharp of a fighter, but it's crazy. But his hands, his resume, and, bro, dude, yes. and his foot, his groundwork is insane, bro. It's insane. I, I mean, I think I think even if you look at some of his last fights, bro. I mean, he's literally fought some of the top top athletes. So I mean, yeah. looking at that potentially, and you're fighting a guy that's. You know, potentially going in, I think as his this is his first major official fight. I think he was a contender prior to this, right? Was he? Who are you talking about, Rafael Alves? Or are you Ra talking Ra about? Ra uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Carl. Carl. Aliyev? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, Carl. Yeah. Who are you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Aliyev. Aliyev. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're switching <laughs> fights on me. Switching yeah, fights yeah, on yeah, me. Yeah, no. Narulo Aliyev. This is his. This is his first big fight. Uh, before this, I think he was on the contender series, if I'm not mistaken. But you know. Uh, Rafael or Rafael Alves, uh, I know sometimes in Brazil they, they do the H instead of the R. Um, so I want to be politically correct, you know, Rafael, Rafael, whichever one. Uh, either way, that guy's a freaking beast. And his, like you said, his resume proves it. Like he fought the Uber Chad of the division and Drew Dober. Mm -hmm. And that was not one way traffic. Like that fight was very much back and forth. One of my favorite clips to show people to get them hyped up is the clip of Rafael Alves. Uh, yeah, Rafael Alves 
literally dodging a flurry of punches from that Uber Chad Drew Dober. And I mean, granted, that was moments before he lost the fight. But Drew Dober's a hell of a fighter. So you can't can't knock him. You know? No, not at all. Like he will knock you most likely. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I mean he has a he has a hell of a resume. And you know, again, like you were saying, just to echo that fact, there are a lot of really, really fun fights to be excited about. Um I know for me, the fight that I'm hands down most excited about on this entire fight card has got to be the return of Tatiana Suarez. Um, it's her first fight back after four years. I'm curious, like, how do you see this going for her? Because she's not fighting a scrub, right? She's, mm-hmm. she's fighting Montana De La Rosa, and that's a beast of a woman. Right, right. She's really good for the weight class. And we also, something that a lot of people aren't taking into factor is this is not Tatiana's normal weight class. She's going up to flyweight for this fight. Mm. So is she going to be as strong and dominant of a wrestler up a weight class? I think that's going to be fun to find out. How I do like you see that. that one going? You know, man, I like that analysis too, man. I, it's, it's, it's going to be a tricky one to be honest with you. Like you said, I mean, the, 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 the ring rust potentially of, of coming in and, you know, not being able to fight in so long. I mean, you know, even a year hiatus is pretty long. Right. But I mean, we, you can have some very sim- common similarities the same way that we can kind of give that analysis to John Jones, right? I mean, is 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 she going to be able to come in and dominate the way that she did in the past? And even with some of her previous fights, bro, I mean, she fought Carla Espar- uh, Esparza. I mean, and Carla Esparza ended up going in there and becoming a champ. So, I mean, she she ended up fighting some really, really amazing fighters on her way to, to her undefeated 8-0. Uh, and potentially yeah. now she's fighting a girl, <clears throat> excuse me, she's fighting a girl that um, did actually do a fantastic job. And I, I hate that, you know, sometimes you look at records and, you know, you'll look at it and be like, man, you know, this girl's not that good. But I mean, if you look at the losses that she's had, she's had some fantastic fighters, you know, Macy Barber. Um, I mean, I'm just well, honestly, the biggest losses. one that stands out to me is that Vivian Arroyo one. Yes. Vivian Arroyo is a beast. She is yes. an absolute stunner of a woman. So I don't like I don't think that that's a bad loss, and it was a decision. So she went the distance with that woman. Um, she went the distance with Andrea Lee. That was a lot. That was one of her other losses, right? Like her last loss before then was Cynthia Calvillo, and that was way back in 2017. Right. Oh, and before that, she lost to another woman that you may have heard of, Mackenzie Dern, who's a <laughs> fucking absolute beast. So, like again, like you're saying. Her losses aren't bad. And by the way, those the Cynthia Calvillo and Mackenzie Dern losses, that was before any of those three women were in the UFC. Those mm. losses came from LFC and LFA. Um, and then she beat Rachel Ostovich. She beat Nadia Kasim. She beat um, Myra Bueno Silva, who, has, who looked absolutely fantastic, what, just last Saturday? And she also got that win over uh, Ariane Lipsky. So, again... A lot of really, really solid wins for her. Um, she's not a scrub, right? And Tatiana Suarez is coming back after four years off. That's an extremely long time. Yeah. Um, you know, but like you said, too, go you ahead. Know, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. You know, it's crazy. No, too, if, if you literally took the fights that Montana De La Rosa has fought and put them in a calendar, I would buy that calendar. I mean, yeah. come on, bro. Come on, brother. Mackenzie Dern. <laughs> Lee. I mean, come on, brother. You're Ariana so Lipsky. Come on, man. She's fought, she's fought 
Rachel, come on, man. You know, she's fought some absolute stars, at least when they were coming into the into the fighting game. And like you said, even her losses weren't bad losses. They're, they actually ended no. up standing to the test of time. These girls ended up becoming, you know, rock stars in the, in the division. So it's not like the people that have beat her, like went on to lose or, or like really like suck after that fight. They went on to have great careers. They're still having great careers. So, yeah, I mean, like those losses have aged extremely well. Um, her stock didn't go down from them. I think I think what uh, I think what Tatiana would have to be scared about in, in this potential fight is it's kind of the same thing I would look at, at with Mackenzie Dern, where Mackenzie's known for her her bottom game, right? And Montana De La Rosa is a submission queen. So if you take her down, I mean, hey, that's step one, brother. But if you take her down, what what's the potential of you being able to keep her down, or of her keeping you down? And then now she's moving into a potential armbar, she's moving into a potential choke or a leg. You know, a leg absolutely. Lock. I mean, she's a monster on the bottom. There's a lot of places like, she can go. She actually said, I don't know if you watched the uh, the media day on Wednesday with all the, the interviews for the fighters, but one of the things that Montana said that stuck out to me was exactly what you just said. Pretty much. She's like, you know, I get it. She's a really dominant wrestler. Good for her. A lot of the positions that she's really good in. I'm really good in the opposite position. So if she's on top and full guard, I can throw submissions up from my back. I'm really dangerous from my back. So like she was basically saying, like, I really think I'm the anti Tatiana Suarez and I'll send her back down to her weight class. Um, so and like, and like you said, 10 pounds is a lot of weight. I'm sorry, but that's a lot it, of weight, brother. It is, especially when you're fighting at 125 or 115. Like that is a lot of weight. Right. It's not. Or it's sorry. Not she's from- dude. Yeah. You she's know, fighting at women's flyweight. So yeah, she's fighting at literally 125 and she's used to fighting at 115. When your normal weight is 115 pounds, you're talking about like, that's what, like a nine, 8% difference in weight. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty big fucking difference, man. Let me, and let me ask you something. Did, did she end up saying anything about why she was on her hiatus for four years? I know that's a long time. She, she's been battling a number of injuries and she was also, uh, like she was diagnosed with cancer and she's like, just had a string of injuries. She's, she's had a hell of a run, bro. Like she's been through the ringer. So it's not like she took a four year vacation by any means. She has been off for four years of hell. Um, and I think she was supposed to come back and like, if I'm not mistaken, don't quote me on this. I think she was supposed to come back in like 2021. And then that got pushed off because another injury happened. So it's, it's been a, just a very uphill struggle for her to make it back into the octagon. But again, like we, like we were saying earlier, like she beat Carla Esparza and she TKO'd her. She beat Alexa Grasso, who is literally fighting Valentina Shevchenko next. She beat Vivian Pereira. She beat Nina Nunez, Amanda Nunez's wife. Like she's beaten world breakers. Oh, and nobody's freaking beaten her, which is just kind of a, an incredible factor in itself. Right, right, right. And you can almost consider her almost like a premier uh, fighter within the women division still. I mean, you know, just Absolutely. to say that, uh, you know, we barely just gotten the taste of time of, of um, you know, female UFC. Um, and, and, you know, even LFA and everything that's adopted early and UFC finally being able to incorporate that. Um, it's funny, too. I actually just seen this clip of uh, uh, what is it? Ronda Rousey when she had gotten into the scene and everyone was going hype because we finally got, you know, these amazing fighters that people have known for so long to finally get in and be able to dominate. And, you know, for her to finally get a taste of it, just a barely a taste of it before she ended up going down with an injury. And, 
you know, like you said, I mean, you know, kudos to her too, to, to be able to fight back from cancer. That's an amazing feat. Dude. Yeah. She's like, she's had a, a tough, a tough go at it. I, I know she was diagnosed with cancer at some point. I don't know if that was before the four year stint or during the four year stint. And then I know that she had like a, a laundry list of injuries that, that came up. Um, I don't know the exact injuries. I'd have to look it up, but, and I don't want to lie, but I know she had a lot of really, really like pretty crappy injuries, a really, really rough run. Uh, so me, I'm, I'm super excited to see her back. Let me ask you something on this. So do you feel like it's going to go the way that it seems like most of Montana's fights are going? Is win or loss. She's usually getting with decisions. Um, you know, obviously with submissions and the knockouts were a little bit earlier in her career, but you could say the same thing about Tatiana, right? She's had that little bit of hiatus. So <sighs> would you say that it's potentially going to be going towards a decision route because she has a little bit of, and I hate to say it again, ring rust, but, you know, being able to get yourself back into that speed of, hey, this isn't just practice anymore, brother. Sure. We're not just doing training. You know, we're going into real combat. This girl wants to win as much as you want to win. So I'm just kind of curious, will she kind of go more of the, um, you know, conservative route of saying, you know, let me take a step back, understand the speed again. Or you think she's just going to go and be like, hey, screw it. I got these. I think she gets a finish. I think she gets a submission win over Montana. I, I think I think she tries to get it done as quick as she possibly can because she doesn't want to take any more damage and risk another injury getting her out of the game for another year, two years, three years, four years. Mm. Um, I really, really think that this is going to be her time to shine. And I think that if you look at like what she's done in the past, again, she TKO'd Carla Esparza. She TKO'd uh, the gal that she fought, Arlene Coben, at Gladiator Challenge right before she got into the Ultimate Fighter house. Um, before that, she got a submission via armbar. To win Ultimate Fighter, she got a Bravo choke. So, I mean, she's she's no stranger to getting finishes, right? Like, if you look at her eight wins, she has three decisions, three submissions, two KOs. So, realistically, she has a, an over 50% finish rate. And I think after four years off, not getting to go as hard as she can, not getting to go live with somebody, so to speak. And that's something that she really harped on at the media day on Wednesday, that getting to train versus getting to go live is two very, very different things. And she was very excited to, to get to go live again and get to like spar and do real things. And she's even more excited to get back in the octagon. So I think that general excitement, we're, we're almost going to see somebody that doesn't have to face the octagon premiere jitters, but has the same excitement and drive and hunger as if it was her UFC debut. Mm. That's what I really think. I think, um, it like as a betting man, would I bet on her this weekend? Not a fucking chance, dude. The, like she's like a minus seven fifty, I think. Last time I checked. So no, after four years off, I don't feel like. If you're asking, you ask me what I think. Like, I'm not putting money on her though. Um. So yeah, I, I I definitely think that she's gonna be very very fun to watch this weekend, and uh, I think that win, lose or draw, it'll be nice to have her back in that in the the division, and I think. Again, win, lose, or draw. I think she goes back down to one fifteen and runs that house. Mm-hmm. Who's who? And who? I'm trying to think of right now on the top of my head. Who is? Who's the champion at one fifteen? Yeah. Uh, Zhang Weili. Oh, yeah. Hey, get your jacket on, brother. Oh. Bro, Zhang Weili against a very elite wrestler that also has knockout power and is really big for the division. Oh, bro, man. sign me up and take my money. I'm buying oh. that pay per view. I love it. I love it. I love it. Like in a heartbeat, that fight makes so much sense. You know what? And I, so, and I agree with sorry, that. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I can't agree with no, everything that you said right there. I mean, you know, it's it's from top to bottom. 
You know, I think I think she has the game to be able to come in and dominate. You know, there's a reason, like you said, there's a reason why she's minus seven hundred, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely. She's, she's a she's a buck in 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 the division, and even for her to come up, it's the same. It's kind of funny, right? Like you would think to come up, they would either respect uh, Montana a little bit more and give her a little bit more of a fighting chance, but that just comes to show you that even the betters world knows that hey, you know what? You're also fighting a girl that. Though she's taking a little bit of hiatus, she is a dominating um, fighter within the game. You know, so I'm, I'm excited. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's going to be a good time for the fans, man. Uh, we like Win or lose for her, we're going to win for sure watching the fight. Uh, so without further ado, guys, before, I mean, we could, we could sit here and talk about the whole card for days, but we are going to get into everybody's favorite part of the show, the kind of okay parlay. And uh, before we jump into that, I'm just going to play a quick copyright disclaimer, just just in case we play any clips or, you know, there's anything UFC related that we don't own the rights to. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, fight fans, boys and girls, whatever whatever you identify as. Hopefully you identify as a gambling fan because it's time for the kind of okay parlay with Olin, a.k.a. MMA Anomaly, that's me, and T-Piz, that's, nope, nope, that's that guy. I had to figure out which way I'm pointing here. Everything's backwards. <laughs> um, and who has two opposable thumbs and is taking the piz? This guy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we have Emiliano, a.k.a. Jive Turkey Nano's pick, but he's out to dinner with his lovely aunt. I hope they have a fantastic dinner tonight. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll go ahead and start with the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. T-Piz himself. Why don't you go ahead and just tell us, who are you going with? Sorry to say, guys, and I know you might not or want to hear this, but let's be honest, I'm 2-0 for a reason going into this uh, this uh, nice little show that we've been doing. So I'm going to have to say the one, the only, Jordan Levitt, the Monkey King, is going to win. And I say take him on the money line, take him on whatever spread that you can. Doesn't matter if it goes from minus 110 on a pick em, which is where it is right now, if you're very lucky to be able to get them. If it's minus 1,000, I would still say take the Monkey King. Why? Because he's going to do the splits. That's right. The splits all over the man this weekend. And I'm <laughs> sorry to say that, Victor. And I respect you, Victor Martinez, if you're out there. But, hey, you're going to get splitted on when you deal with the man, Jordan Levitt. You already know Jordan Levitt. He can split it and he can get it. He's the man, the monkey, the monkey king legend, Jordan Levitt. Um, <laughs> that was an amazing, amazing pick. Uh, and again, the man, the myth, Jive Turkey Nano is not here today, but his pick is here. And he picked. Let's see, who did he pick? He picked Brendan Allen, money line, and that's plus money. That's plus money, ladies and gentlemen. Now, we, we have to jump into my pick. And, you know, it's it's with great pleasure that I, that I bring you this pick. 
We are going with the man, the myth, the ultimate legend. The guy you don't want your mom to walk in on you watching one of his fights because he's going to be dry humping a man in the face. I'll pull up a clip of it. Don't dare me to. The man, Dante Mace. Dante Mace. He's going to get it done. He is going in there against one Augusto Sakai. And I, I think he gets it done against Augusto Sakai. Why do I feel that way? Because Augusto Sakai has shown weaknesses in the wrestling department. And Dante Mays was off to a heck of a start in his UFC career. Up until he ended up fighting one man with a very fun name to say who failed a very bad drug test. MD Abdel Wahab. Uh, he failed the drug test and that fight was overturned. So he actually technically didn't even accrue that loss. So we are taking Dante Mays. Money line. And we're, we're doing it for all the marbles, ladies and gentlemen. That's the kind of okay parlay. This is it. This is it right here. The kind of okay parlay. Let me just pull it up and throw it up on the screen for you guys. Do we have it? Do we have it? Is this it? Boom. Look at that. So we got Dante Mays with the money line plus 115. We got Brendan Allen all in plus 190 money line. And last, but definitely not least, probably the, the best pick of the night, Jordan the Monkey King Levitt. T-Piz is saying, you can lev it to me. You know what I'm saying? Because I got the lock of the night, and it's a levit. So uh, that's must, that's the picks. You might as well stretch your legs and do the splits right now, brother, because Mr. Levitt's going to go and give it to you. He can't do the splits, but he's pretty close. Ladies and gentlemen, comedic relief. <laughs> there's absolutely no way. I know that was going backwards, Oliver. But there's absolutely no way he did that for five seconds. There's no yeah, way. Yeah, he did it. He did it for maybe more than five seconds, actually. <laughs> that's that's my lock of the week, ladies and gentlemen. That's the guy, Dante Mays. Just in case. You- Oh man, it's so good. Oh, you know, it's so good. You know what's crazy, so, man? I feel like as much as I like the uh the monkey king pick that I have, I'm not gonna lie to you. I feel like Dante uh Maze is heavily, heavily disrespected in this one. I think he's so disrespected. I think it should be at least minus 150, 160 on this one. And I'm not it gonna should be lie a pick em. It should be a pick 'em. The only reason why I feel like that too, brother, is that as much as I like Augusto Sakai, and the reason why I feel like they're giving a little bit more respect is because he was in the top fifteen at some point. You yeah. know, he was he was fighting some stars. He got you know, fed to killers, but he got fed to freaking killers, brother. But hold on, can we talk for a second? Dante Mays made his fucking debut against the real gun. Come on, man. Come on, man. And that's and, disrespectful. Well, <laughs> and it's crazy to say because if he you got heel hooked, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's crazy because if you watch that fight, man, I feel like he did a pretty good job against Cyril Gain. Dude. A damn good job. Dude. You know? He went three rounds against him. He went three rounds against the Beast. Almost you know? three rounds up until he got hooked. And, like, I don't know how the judges were going to score that fight before that. It was a pretty close fight. It was good. Yes. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like he got surreal gun to heel hook him. And surreal gun is a kickboxer. So, how was that fight going for surreal count? <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and if you, you know, if you really think about it too, man, it's like, I think he actually is one of those type of fighters, bro, that just 
it seems like people don't really respect the the type of game he has. Like you said, I mean, even that that video is funny as it seems. <laughs> yeah. there's, a, there's a reason he was on top, right? You know, he has he has a fantastic ground game. You know, he if if you fantastic try to come wrestler. In, might be able to defend you down if you if you're looking a little loose he'll come and get you takedown i mean you know i i think even with augusta sakai and and i want to give sakai his flowers as well right i mean he's he's a star brazilian fighter he's a beast he's a beast he's a beast prior to his losses and it's unfortunate bro because he's literally on a four fight loss streak i mean truth be told bro if he loses this one He's probably going to get cut, but can we talk understand. about who those losses are too? Like Alistair Overeem, Jorginho uh-huh. Rosenstroke, Tai Tuivasa, Sergei Spivak. Like we're talking about four killers, four guys that are literally at the top of the division other than Alistair Overeem because he's no longer in the UFC. And the thing that worries me the most is the fact that all of those fights were TKOs or KOs. Mm. And like the Alistair Overeem one, he took a lot of abuse. It was a fucking 25 minute fight and it went 26 seconds into the fifth round so he fought alistair overeem for 20 minutes yeah that's why he got knocked out in his next three fights ladies and gents (laughs) (laughs) seriously like i always tell people like the the chin the jaw whatever you want to call it it's it's a milk carton it has an expiration date every single time you get that that big knockout punch across it it's like when you forget the milk out for 30 minutes to 40 minutes out of the fridge that's taking a, a day off that expiration date. You're shortening the shelf life of that milk. The milk's gone bad for Augusto Sakai. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a that's a damn good comparison right there, too, Big O. I mean, I, I I truly think that fighters that come in, and it's unfortunate because it does come to show you how much fighters are really trying to fight because they do understand that the only way they're going to get paid is to fight. Right. And absolutely. It's, it's, it's absolutely sad when you think about, you know, them getting cleaned off, them getting you know, knocked out, but they're like, Hey, you know what? I got to get back on my feet to potentially yeah. feed my family. I still got to get back out there to fight. And, you know, to, to, like you said, to fight five total rounds, almost 25 minutes with the star of a guy. I mean, if you looked at all star, I mean, even before, when he was fighting, him, he was probably a lot different from when he was fighting back in the day. And that oh, you talking about Uberian steroid, back in Pride? Steroid Fuck. body. Look back when he was on steroids, that can hit two hundred five. Fuck you! That shit was crazy, dude. <laughs> I remember one of my my favorite highlights that I've ever seen is when Ulster uh, Overeem went up to uh, do weigh-ins, and I think it was Ariana Celeste, and she was in the back, just wild, and like, she's like open. Like, yeah, I remember bro, that one. Can, when he like flexes feel. and he's like jacked as hell. Yes, you yeah. can feel the wetness coming off of every female there. Saying, I honestly, I don't no even way. think that they were like turned on. I think they were just gasping because they Gasp. could feel the radioactive waves coming off of the steroids <laughs> that were just breathing through him. Like, rumor has it that back in the day before USADA invented new cups, they had never been able to drug test him because his piss would just melt the cup. Um, <laughs> They call they call that man the real acid rain man. If he Dude, wanted to Uberine thunderstorm man, he just had a face of the cup man. But you know, just just to go back into it, I I truly do think Dante Mays is is uh, one hell of a star man. I mean, and, and I agree. That again, I mean, like you said, I mean, in, in in his last couple fights, I mean, Cyril Gain, not a bad loss. You see where he's going next, and I can't wait till we talk about that one, but. See where he's going next. Rodrigo Nascimento is actually a buck as well. He's not no bad fighter. Comes in, fights two other guys that absolutely are stars, and Josh Parison and and uh, Roque Martinez, and then, like you said, fights Hamdi, and 
you know, that could have went either way as well. I mean, but you know, for him to Humdi's also a freaking Olympic wrestler. Come on. And come he pissed on. hot. And he, he's an Olympic wrestler and he pissed hot. Like, come on, bro. Like, give this guy a fucking break. Give him like I'm happy. I'm happy Vegas messed this one up. We'll take it. <laughs> that's like when they give that's like when they give us plus odds on flyweight unders. Like, we'll take it. Next time I see one of those, that's gonna be my pick for the night. Promise you. Um, but since GC over at the freaking MMA hour started talking people into doing uh, flyweight unders, now everybody has to suffer because you know Vegas is on to us and they're they're giving us no more plus odds on that shit. <laughs> hey Jen, welcome to the chat. Uh, you missed the kind of okay parlay, but we are glad to have you here. Now we are actually going to start talking about the the real people's main event here. It's the only time I'll say boxing is probably going to perform better than MMA. You know we're going to talk about the Jake Paul fight here in a little <laughs> little boxing talk segment. All right, so let's talk about Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. Um, do you, do you want to go ahead and take the lead on this one? Yeah, man. Uh, I think this first is off, actually, who do you have winning? First, oh man, this is kind of a it's kind of a risky pick, man. I mean, I I think this being um, there's a lot of factors that go into this one. You know, um, there are. I think there's so many different. Uh, what would you say? So many different outside outliers, right? Like, say for potential, potential, they're fighting in in Abu Dhabi, I believe. Which Saudi Arabia, I think. Saudi Arabia, I appreciate that. So, so, so they're yeah, fighting yeah. in Saudi Arabia. Um, obviously, weather, time difference, everything's going to be a play a huge role. Um, I don't know how long they've been out there. I actually seen. Um, I think it was an Instagram post from Tommy Fury when he came out there in uh, the day after Valentine's Day, I believe. So yeah, he's been out there for about a week, week and a half. Come on, brother. I don't know how long it takes for your body to get acclimated to. I think Jake got there before him, if I'm not mistaken. I believe he did. You know, and Jake Jake did. has been seemingly taking things a lot more seriously than Tommy. I, and, and you know, I think the crazy thing about this is that um, I haven't seen. Real boxer. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen Tommy Fury fight like ever. And it maybe and you and haven't you haven't ever watched him fight. I watched his highlights. Uh, the, let me take that back, brother. I've, I watched his oh, highlights. Dude. I watched his fights. But I'm after I'm, we I'm after we get Jake. off, you got to go watch my last episode. I thought uh, I have some clips of his fights in there. It's they're beautiful. Just uh, just to give you a heads up before you tell us who you think is going to win. Um, he is eight and zero, which is two more wins than Jake Paul has. Granted, uh, but the combined record of his opponents is thirty two and two hundred sixty nine. Jesus. 32 wins, 269. Mind you, a majority of those wins came after the, the people lost to Tommy Fury. Where did they find I believe. these guys, brother? You think they found them in like the London? One of them was a cab like, driver. Jesus. Yeah. Hey, hey, he was, he was Jake Paul keeps making jokes about that at the media days. He said it like three times today. He's all, I mean, look, I'm, he, he's not fighting a cab driver on Sunday. He's fighting me. <laughs> I, I take this seriously. I mean, and if you think at that, you think about that, right, bro? I mean, you know, if if you're fighting guys that it's not their main source of income, it's not their main source of drive. You know, I mean, if you're that's the thing. That's like, if if you're fighting somebody boxes, like a part time boxer, that's why they say like you can't play boxing, you can't play MMA. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to be doing it full time because if you're not and your opponent is, you're gonna get beat up. You're gonna get hurt. That's how people die. 
right next to uh right next to NFL, I would say the highest chance of uh brain damage, CT or anything related is boxing. To boxing. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's because of the standing 10 count rule. It's, Essentially they're letting they're letting homies get concussed and then they're like, I'm gonna give you ten seconds to stand up and pretend like you're not concussed and I'll let you get concussed uh, up to two more times each round for twelve rounds. No problem. And, and even like you said, uh, you know, and, and, and you did such a great comparison just recently there. It was that um, that milk carton. The milk carton comparison. You know, I, even if you don't get knocked out, brother, if you're taking a thousand freaking punches per day or per time or <laughs> absolutely know, going into the training, it's like, man, I've been sparring for two months, three months. How many of those two, three months were you getting swinged on on your head? And, when you get and also, like, fight. if you're if you're sparring with people, like, sorry to cut you off. No, but please. I, I was talking. I was literally talking to my chiropractor this week, and like, he every time I come in, he like he calls MMA my form of play. So he's all, "Have you uh, gotten to engage in your form of play recently?" <laughs> like, because he's about to work on my back and undo my form of play. So, <laughs> so I, I'm always like, "Yeah, I'm messing around, with my friends." You know, uh, so it's like, cool, 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 and and like, you know, he, we were talking, and he's like. He was telling me that like he was talking to a, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy that he also works on. And that guy was telling him, like, yeah, when I'm going with people that are other black belts, I'm not worried. I'm far less worried about getting injured going against another black belt or any of the other black belts than I am going against the white belt just coming in. And it's because those guys don't know their speed. They don't know their timing. They don't know their power or their pressure. Those are the guys that are going to rip something out of joint. Those are the guys that are going to break something or tear, tear like some kind of ligament or cartilage or something. Um basically the same thing can happen when you're sparring and bringing in people like realistically you don't know who you're sparring and even if you're a pro a lot of times like a lot of these pros don't have the same consistent sparring partners or at least the same level of sparring partner like to say that tyson fury is able to find another person at tyson fury's level to spar is laughable there's nobody at his level so he's just beating the hell out of people or he has people that are coming in that don't know how to go 50% or 25% and they're throwing bombs at this guy because they eat one of his 10% shots and they're like, oh, this guy's trying to kill me. No, that he's just way fucking better than you. And that's really 10% for him. That doesn't give you the right to now go injure him before his fight. That's what happens to a lot of MMA guys. That's what happens to a lot of boxers. They get injured before their fight because they're going against people that have an ego. And when it comes to boxing or mixed martial arts or karate or Muay Thai, any kind of combat sport, you have to check your ego at the freaking door or else you are going to get hurt or you're going to hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and and to add up on that too, man, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of weird, right? Because <clears throat> MMA, I think MMA is one of those, <coughs> excuse me, MMA is one of those where it's really hard to cheat the number. And what I mean by that is, all right, bro, if we're looking at something and we're saying statistically this guy's 8-0, right? You're like, damn, this guy's a pretty damn good fighter. But like you said, if you read in between the lines and it's like, yo, he's fighting guys where it's Who's he 30 fighting? wins <laughs> and 400 losses, right, brother? Like, sooner or later, it's going to be one of those where it's like, all right, man, you're actually really not fighting anybody. Like, you're really actually not fighting anyone that sounds like they would be enticing. So, I mean, it's it to me, I think the hard thing about – the hard thing about – boxing compared to any other sport is that you will get a lot of these people that'll come into a fight hey man this guy's 15 and 0 right he's a sharpshooter he's 15 and 0 but there's a reason why this guy could be 15 and 0 right he, like exactly you say, he could be fighting cab drivers he could be fighting man he could go to, it's, and it's never any like Uber, in between brother. it's not right. like he fought like some good people and some bad people it's usually right. like this guy's 15 and 0 
you've got a 50% chance that you're talking to the next fucking Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson, like world breaker, Roy Jones Jr. Or you're talking to a dude that like he's fighting cab drivers and like on his like on his way to the venue, he's like talking to the guy Ubering him there and he's like, dude, uh, I, I'm going to need somebody to fight in three months. You down? Can you start training? <laughs> You Maybe get a record. You can lose three <laughs> fights before then, right? <laughs> right, right, right? Come on, man. Come on. Just Help so I'm not out. your first fight. Pull, like, dude, numbers up. Tommy Fury has four KOs slash TKOs. Four. Oh, okay. Of the four people that he has those wins over, they had two wins. Mm. Between the four of them. That's insane. That's insane. I think, <laughs> and, and, and if you if you were to go back into it too, man. Uh, and sorry, that's, sorry, that's I got to cut in and answer this by Jen question. right now. One thousand percent jen yeah if paul wins a we have to put respect on his name because he finally beat a real boxer no matter how fake i'm calling him he is technically a real boxer and he also has a pretty much fucking royal lineage when it comes to boxing he's of the fury bloodline so if he beats tommy fury we got to put some respect on his name and on top of that wbc is going to put a ranking on his name they're going to put him in the top 15 wbc ranking list of the cruiserweight division wow and number what, like one or two on the, on that same division? I could be wrong here, but Badu Jack, I believe, is in that same division, and he's the co-main event. So wouldn't it be crazy if after he beats Tommy Fury, they're like, oh, hey, we want you to fight this fucking actual world breaker, Badu Jack. Like if Badu Jack, if I'm Badu Jack and I win my fight and I know that those guys are fighting afterwards, I'm literally saying, give me the winner of Tommy Fury versus Jake Paul. Let me knock them back out of the rankings mm-hmm. because that's mm-hmm. money. That's more money than Bobby Jack will have ever made in his entire career. And if he's as good as I think he is, that should be a fucking just a walk in the park for that guy. Right. That should be an absolute barn burner. Right. But what if it's not? Mm. What if Jake wins and then he actually, even if he doesn't win against the Bobby Jack, if Jake then goes and fights somebody like a Bobby Jack or an actual WBC ranked boxer, anybody in the top 15, right? If he lasts, and loses a decision. Everybody, including myself, will have to stop talking shit about Jake Paul. And it'll be a sad day. But, <laughs> like, but it's fucking truth. Like, yeah, I've, I, haven't, I haven't cried that much since uh, Ash became the, you know, the Pokemon king at the end of that. He right? finally I, did I, it. He finally did it. I think, you know, it's... 24 I, I, years of being 11 years old and the kid did it. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what, Jen, you're pretty funny because that's that's true. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, I agree with both of you guys on that. You know, it's it's kind of hard because I think it's like one of those situations where you hate the person for what they brought previously or what they did previously to what to what they are doing now, right? And I think... It's kind of hard to disrespect a guy if he's actually dedicating his. Uh, <laughs> is hey, it actually it is, Pokemon Day? Is it, is it Pokemon Day? Oh my god! Oh, we're creating a segment without a doubt, dude. Let's do it. We have to, bro. Gotta but catch them all. Gotta catch them all. And 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 if you were to say it like this, right? I think looking at his fights, right? Even if you were to say, evidently, yeah, he's fought in guys that were in the UFC, but they were a little bit more older and. You know, um, even in cases like this where it's like, you know, you're fighting guys that, you know, I know they were talking about how these guys could have potentially took a fall. And I, and, and, and even still, 
even Bro, still, only, and, and, and even still, I there's wanted, not a I wanted, fucking chance. But I wanted to correct <laughs> on that, right? Even like still, two out of three of those big KOs, like you see the sweat fly off them boys' faces, done. dude. Like, like you know, he but, cooked <laughs> poor Tyron Woodley in that second fight. <laughs> you know, I was, you know, I actually wanted, like, I wanted so badly for Tyron to beat him, and yeah. I saw that happen in real time, and I was like, well, he got him, and he he'd been setting it up the whole fucking fight. He'd been going to the body, yeah. digging to the body, and that was the night when I was like. I'm going to talk a little bit less shit about Jake Paul. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he's okay at this whole boxing thing. And and and, and here's the thing, right? I think um, at the end of the day, the reason why you got to respect a guy like that so much is We that got honey dicked. Pokemon Day is February 27th. Oh my god. <laughs> I knew I knew someone was honey dicking us. I knew someone was honey dicking us. I almost pulled up my Almost pulled up my Pokemon Yellow just to make sure that yeah, I'm about to I'm about to reinstall Pokemon, Pokemon Go. Go on a motherfucking yeah. <laughs> walk. About to see what we got out here in San Diego. Hey, brother, but you know, you know, like in this, and to kind of go back on topic when you were saying who would win this, you know, it's hard, man. It's hard because you know you look at both fighters; they're undefeated for a reason, right? Even if this guy's. <laughs> I would hate to say this because I feel like the way I look at it is I mean, it's just, it's not just his dad, it's his brother. I mean, you know, I think the people that he finally has behind his back, I think in the last eight fights that he's had, brother, even if it's his dad that was supporting him, I just don't think he was getting the type of uh, opportunity and, and help that he might be getting now. So I think in this fight, you're going to see a lot more sharper fighter. I think he looks more determined. Uh, like I said, I think it's J Jake Paul's one to lose, so... I'd hate to say it, you know, I mean, I, I think Jake Paul is favored for a reason, but I'm have to go with the upset on this one, brother. I'll say this. I'll say this. I think Tommy Fury will knock out Jake Paul more than Jake Paul will knock out Tommy Fury. All right. And I think if it goes decision, then I think easily, easily, easily Jake Paul is going to be able to say that he's did more damage. But if it goes to a knockout opportunity, that's Tommy Fury, 100%. Uh, so, so I'll say... Because I kind of gave you both sides. I'll say Tommy Fury on this one. You're saying Tommy Fury in this? I will. I will. I have to. I have to. And the only wow. reason why is wow. because. And the only That's incredible. Why, I'm sorry, bro. The only reason why. Ladies and gentlemen, we, we'll, we'll be right back with you after this commercial break. I'm just kidding. <laughs> is geodude evolving <laughs> oh no 
it's coming, it's coming. <laughs> oh my god. Jen, I think you're going fury just because you really hate uh Jake Paul. And I actually have a sneaking suspicion that you're going fury because you think he's super hot. Like, can we just be honest here? Like, Jen got, I got a lot of boyfriends, man. Jen got a lot come of on. boyfriends. I, I, I could see. I no, no, no. She doesn't have a lot of boyfriends. She has like husbands, baby daddies. <laughs> like, dude, no drama. Boyfriends are drama. She's sophisticated. She has baby daddies and husbands, future husbands. You know, that's correct. That's the polygamy queen, right? That it's is not so only much. true, it is. it's a fact. <laughs> you heard it here first, kids. Um, and this is all, this is all your fault. Uh, so I 1000% disagree with both of you. Um, I, I love and value you both as friends and I appreciate you, but I disagree with you firmly. Um, I just see, look, see, they just don't know it yet. They just don't know it yet. Baby daddy of the future, future ex-husband, future husband to be, um, lots of fun, lots of fun to be had. Can't wait till they find out, Jen. Let us know how that goes. We'll have you on that episode. Um, and when it comes to Tommy, Tommy Fury versus Jake Paul, Jake Paul is going to knock him out inside of five rounds. Oh, I love that. Friendly wager of 10 burpees. Yeah. Boom. I'll send you a video of me doing 10 burpees. Uh, if, if your boy Fury gets it done in any capacity and if Jake Paul gets it done, I'm getting a video from you and I'm getting a video from 10. That's a fact. Jen, I don't know how I just got into this. And this is the wild thing. Women will get you into bets you've never expected. You'll just be sitting there and be like, what did you do? Wait, how so, wait we, I agreed. How I agreed to what now? <laughs> how do we you can do 10 this? burpees. You, your, your body will thank you. I'm there, brother. I'll take the bait. I'll take the bait. I'll take the Let's bait. Go. Think, Let's go. Let's go. I think I'm telling you right now, bro. I can read something right now. <laughs> I'm reading something right now, brother. I just think that Tyson would have been able to train Tommy just a little bit more in any of his previous fights. I think he would have been able to say, hey, you know what, brother? I, I think you need to hey, go to the bathroom, throw some water on your face, and realize it's going to be a big money fight. And a potential for you to actually go in and show why you're a boxer, right? But, I mean, but, I'm not down. You can give me the butt here, brother. I, I want, I want to hear it from your behind. You, you know, I'm a big, big Sir Mix a Lot fan, so I like big butts. So I got a big butt for you. Um, and that big butt is, I'm just gonna use. We're gonna, we're gonna keep going with the the analogies and the comparisons here. Here we go. <clears throat> you ever watch a, a sport called football? And I'm talking about the European one. I'm talking about the American one, you know, because we live here in America. Uh, you know, NFL, that one. Yeah. Familiar? Oh, yeah. Oh, Heard yeah. of that game? Oh, yeah. Cool, 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 cool. So there was this quarterback. Um, he played for a team, kind of an unknown team. You may not have heard of him, Atlanta Falcons. Um, he was a really good fucking quarterback, like a really good quarterback. He did some questionable things like making dogs fight outside of the, the NFL. Um, you may have heard of him. He got a very, you know, kind of an infamous guy, not really a big name quarterback. Uh, Michael Vick. Yeah. You heard of that guy? Greatest man in. Oh, I can't say the greatest man. But yeah, greatest man? Quarterback. No. One of the greatest yeah, quarterbacks. Sure, sure. Yeah. Man when it comes to quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, good, he's, good, he's good at the game. Uh, so Can we separate the, the game. art from the artist? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I don't care what the guy that works at Subway does outside of Subway. I just want him to make art whenever I order the sandwich. 
If he does that, I'm happy with the guy that works at Subway. So Michael Vick, he did the job well. Uh, we're not going to talk about the dogfighting and stuff that he did outside of that. So getting back to the analogy here, okay, that is Tommy Fury versus Tyson Fury. Okay, and you're going to love how I tie this all together. If Jordan is watching right now, he's probably going to pee his pants. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, so here we go. This little unknown quarterback you might not have heard of, Michael Vick. Yeah, he had a cousin that played in the NFL. Yeah, crazy. His cousin was a starting quarterback for the, the New Orleans Saints. Rival team of the Atlanta Falcons. Little little unknown thing you may not know. Uh, and it turns out that Michael Vick got all the fucking talent in the entire family gene pool. And Aaron Brooks got none of it. He sucked super bad. You can look up his accuracy. You can look up everything he ever did for the Saints, or rather the lack thereof, because he didn't do a whole fucking lot. Um, I can tell you that there was a guy that played like second or third string under Aaron Brooks. Uh, and again, probably another quarterback you never heard of, Jake DeLome. Uh, when he finally did get to start after leaving the Saints, he took the Carolina Panthers to the fucking Super Bowl. It's wild. Um, so sorry, I don't watch NFL, so I could be wrong. I don't, it's not my sport. But uh, again, Aaron Brooks. Had zero talent as, as a quarterback. But Michael Vick, even though he did the most questionable shit outside of the NFL, it's still hard not to be like, yeah, put some respect on his name. That guy's a fucking beast. So I the fact that Tommy's last name is Fury, I'm going to be honest, it's like a foot fetish. It doesn't really do a whole lot for me. If that's your your bit, I'm not here to judge you for it. Right? This is a, This is a safe zone. Judgment free zone. Um, <laughs> Furious what gets you going. <laughs> That's dope. <laughs> but, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Jake Paul is the name Paul in his name. Paul is one of my favorite characters on Tekken. So you know what I mean? That gets me going. I'm happy. I'm ready for it. Let's go, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought we were talking about shit that didn't matter. <laughs> You know, you know what? If we were to talk, about who, who, that's hilarious, man. Because I am a kicker of foot fetishes. But you know what? If there was a person, there was a person, brother, that looks like they. <laughs> if there was a person that looks like they train more, uh, you're hilarious. Here's the one thing, Jen. You can't kick me out of a gamble. Once you lock me in, I'm in. <laughs> Uh, he's locked. He's locked, stocked, and two smoking barrels. On, ready man. to go. They, that's the reason why they say I'm taking the piss, right? I'm I'm gonna take it regardless. You know what? I'll say this only if there's one person out of the two that looks like they've trained more and it looks like they're a lot more sharp and it looks like you know they just they 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 dedicated more time to it, it's gonna be Jake Paul. It Absolutely. Jake Paul. I mean, you know, I, I just think there's too many outliers. Um Hell, I think Tommy Fury, I'm pretty sure, just had a child recently. So, you know, you yeah. also got to count that into his mindset. Well, I mean, he, like, he did get his fame from Love Island. So, <laughs> popping out babies. Yeah, come on now. So, I mean, if you think about it, right? Like, I think when it comes to him, even with that idea of him just put, potentially just having his first kid, or it's, I don't know if it's his first kid, his mindset is already thinking like, okay, it's not even a boxer. <laughs> There's nothing yeah. else to do. <laughs> I mean, how many undercards can you box on per year? Am I right, guys? Right, come on, come on. 
What's funny is like this is what Jake Paul's fourth or fifth time headlining a card, and this is going to be Tommy Fury, the the real boxer's first time. So I think he might get the the big headlight jitters too. You know, um, first time under the big bright lights, first time headlining a card, and again, like I I don't know if you watched the actual like presser today for the boxing or for like Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. There were some hilarious moments. Mike Tyson was in attendance. He was sitting front row. And at one point, Tommy Fury or, or Jake Paul get, gets asked something about his opponents and how like, you know, this is your first real boxer you're fighting. He's like, you know, that's the thing. Everybody talks about how my my past opponents were old or were MMA guys. You put Tommy Fury in the ring boxing Anderson Silva, Anderson Silva kills him. And he's not wrong. Anderson Silva would kill Tommy Fury, but he couldn't do that to Jake Paul. And then Jake goes on to say he's all, and you want to talk about age? He's like, Mike, you're sitting right here. How old are you? You're older than Silva. I bet you'd beat the fuck out of Tommy. Am I right? And Mike literally started like fucking belly laughing out loud, bro. So like he pretty much has Mike Tyson behind him. And he's like cracking the right jokes. And then he stood up at one point and challenged Tommy Fury, as he's known to do in most of his pressers, to a winner take all bet. He said, if you win, I'll give you my entire paycheck. I won't make a penny on this. If I win, you make nothing on this. Because Jake Paul's the promoter anyway. So he's like, I mean, I'm already the guy that signs your check, so why not just agree? And Tommy's like not saying anything. And he's and then Jake stands up. And he when Jake stands up, Tommy's like, what are you going to do? Are you going to do something? And he's like, I'm standing up to shake your hand. That's what you do when you make a bet. <laughs> and then Tommy's dad stands up. Because, of course, you know, when Jake... Paul comes out, he comes out with the people he's training with. When Tommy Fury comes out, he comes out with his daddy, which is just fun. Um, very masculine move. <laughs> so <laughs> what the best thing about the whole presser though was when when Jake proposed that deal, Tommy had like cat got your tongue vibes. And his dad stood up and said, We agree, you got yourself a deal. <laughs> and then Tommy's like, Yeah, yeah, we agree. All right, dad. Yeah, I guess I guess we do, dad. I guess we do. <laughs> so they shook on it. And then his dad said, I want it in writing. And then his dad said, I, I might misquote him here, but I think the exact quote was, look, listen, if Tommy can't beat Jake Paul, if Tommy Fury can't beat Jake Paul, he doesn't deserve payment. Wow. Wow. Uh, he is not kidding, though, brother. He is not <laughs> Dude, kidding on that. He's going to lose to the guy that he's ducked in two, like for two fights. Oh, and then also today on fucking uh, Stephen A. Smith's show, Jake didn't show up. Or sorry, uh, Tommy didn't show up. He didn't show up for the first like half. And then when he did show up, because like the first half was just Jake Paul talking to Stephen A. Smith. And he's like, yeah, this guy's been talking to me. This is what he's good at, not showing up. Um, So Stephen A. Smith gets him on and he's like, all right, well, we got you here. Uh, thanks for joining us, Tommy. Um, Jake said that, you know, he thinks you've been ducking him, that you've pulled out of the first two fights that you guys had scheduled. Is that true? Are you ducking him? And then, dude, I kid you not, you can't script it better. Tommy Fury loses connection and disconnects from the call. That's hilarious. That is absolutely And then Jake hilarious. Paul instantly, instantly with the gift of the gab comes in and fucking says, you know, Tommy's Wi-Fi is like his, is like his boxing. It's good. But it's not great. <laughs> he's getting sharp man I well, I feel like he's been hanging out with Chael Sonnen oh my god oh my god the most badass guy you know who but you know what 
I I will say I do feel like Jake Paul has every avenue to win, right? I think he has, like you said, yeah. him promoting has only gave him more opportunity to have more potential fighters to come in to help him train, you know, more uh, facilities that can also go to, like him going to Abu Dhabi probably wasn't, or I'm sorry, um, Saudi Arabia, was. it yeah. wasn't just a week, two weeks. Like you say, he could potentially have been out there for a month. He doesn't have a kid. I would imagine he's been out there for a while with his posse. You know, he's acclimating and getting ready. He, he probably has the only thing in his mindset right now, which is I want to be hungry to fight. You know, that's the one thing he wants to, he genuinely like, seems like he wants to be a cruiserweight world champion in the WBC. Be dope. That'd be dope. Th- he said that today, like at the presser, he literally is like, people think that I'm still a YouTube guy, but I'm trying to tell people that I'm a boxer and they won't take me seriously because I haven't fought a real boxer. I've tried to fight real boxers. I've actually tried to fight this guy. This is my third time. I tried to fight another real boxer that you guys said was way bigger than me and would kill me. And that guy pulled out of that fight. Uh, so I'm hoping I get to fight a boxer Sunday. Cause that would be neat. <laughs> it's like, and I want to be a champion. And you know, this is the first step in that. Again, I think it's kind of like with like, I used to say this about Conor McGregor cause I hate Conor McGregor. Like I, I probably hate Conor more than most people, you know, but the worst thing about Conor McGregor, especially back when he was at featherweight is how fucking good he was. Right, right. He's so that boy good. Was the boogeyman, bro. He, he was, was terrifying. The boogeyman, bro. Yeah. He couldn't. I mean, what he did to Jose Aldo was one of those where I was just like, "All right, bro." He, <sighs> he psychologically fucked this guy so much, brother. That is, he, he got inside his head, scared. made him rush in, he was and just scared, destroyed man. him. He was destroyed scared. him. And then, and then when he came in to actually try to fight his game plan, he just couldn't do it. Yeah, like Jen said. I mean, that was when you got the the hungry Connor when he was, you know prior to getting the money, prior to getting the kids or having kids, I think that was when he was completely hungry. This is when he wanted to go out and chase for the belts. And that's the reason when he did ring the belt, you know, did win the belts. That's why he had the great interview or post interview of just saying, I like to thank absolutely nobody. Because I mean he he didn't need to thank anybody at that point, brother. He he came in, dominated when they needed a star fighter, and they got one. You know, and that's the reason why Dana was on his knees for this guy. I mean this this guy was an absolute star, you know? So, I mean, even with Jake Paul and, you know, me, me, me and Jen kind of agreeing with this on it, as much as we'd like to hate Jake Paul, brother, the amount of attention he's brought to boxing is insane. Insane. Just to think Absolutely. what he was able to bring out to, to people that has never watched a single day of fighting. And now I got people that are literally saying, hey. Are you, you watching the Jake watch Paul the Jake fight Paul this fight? week? Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, Damn, he crazy. is to boxing what Conor McGregor was to MMA. He's a resurgence in the sport. And, I, and I'm glad on that, brother, because the one thing that I hate about boxing, bro, is that if you take this, and, and, and Miliano made a great point uh, a couple weeks back when we were talking about this, is that you don't get those big fights anymore, man. You never no. get those big fights, right? You don't get those fucking Frazier versus Ali. You don't get those like, you know, like Mike Tyson versus the next in the, you don't the you don't get don't, boxing don't matches that make you feel the hype that any Mike Tyson fight or a Roy Jones Jr. fight or a Prince Nassim fight would make yes. you feel. Yes. Like so, the, when you would see those guys on the marquee, you'd be like, "Let's go, let's dude! Go, I don't care about man. any other fight on the card. I'm watching." Like it didn't matter if there were any. Like even if it was a one fight fucking card, you were gonna buy it. You were gonna tune right. in, right. or you and the homies were gonna be like, "All right, I got five on. I got ten on it." Like play, everybody's standing together to watch it, right? Like those were the fights. And like, to your point, like the craziest thing about Jake Paul is like, again, he reminds me of Conor McGregor and the fact that he's a resurgence to boxing the way Conor was to MMA. 
But the scariest thing, and I posted this in the chat, is he's always had money to an extent. He's never lived poor. He's never lived broke or struggling to, from what I've heard or seen. And if I'm wrong, sorry, Jake, uh, but he seems pretty fucking well off. He doesn't seem like he needs to do this for the money. He seems like he has an endless stream of revenue coming in already and his brother and everything else. So the fact that he's getting this much better at this kind of rate, at this velocity, is terrifying. Because the the age-old quote is, you know, it's hard to get out and train when you're waking up in the Silk Rose, right? Mm. Um, dude, like, I think it was Marvelous Marvin Hagler that said that. I could be wrong, but uh, I'm pretty sure it was him that said that. But again, it's, it's a fantastic quote. And it's the case of Conor McGregor. It's hard. It's the reason he's lost so many fights in the last five, six years. Because he has had silk robes and he didn't always have that. Somebody like Jake Paul is terrifying because they always had silk robes. The only reason they got in here is to tell you that they did it. He's six fights in. He's already fought MMA legends. He's beyond the point of, oh, I'm doing this to prove to people I can do this. At this point, he's got that fire that's lit inside of him, and it shows that he's fucking starving. He's not even hungry. He's starving. And he's only doing it for legacy and for namesake. And it is like he has something to prove. But again, it seems like, in my opinion, he's taking it from, I need to prove these people wrong, to I need to prove myself right. Mm -hmm. And that's a scary fucking thing. I love it. It really is. No, I love that, brother. I love that. I can't, I can't agree more with on. I mean, I, I literally cannot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even like Jake Paul, but I tune into his fights because it's compelling. Uh, Jen, He's a guy that's been doing head, this for like Jen. four years, five years, right? Hide like, your head. Hide your head. <laughs> this is why I'm in sales. I convince Jones. people things. Uh, no, but seriously, like, it, it is facts. Like, he he's only done this for a handful of years, and. Imagine he goes out there and beats Tommy Fury, who's like, this is something I've done my whole life. Right. Dude, you're building yourself up for the for biggest long. downfall possible. Right. right. What happens when you lose, right? That's and what I'm saying. Like, he literally is saying, like, this is going to be an easy fight for me. This is going to be the easiest fight I've ever had. I think it's the opposite. I've been telling, like, my friends that ask me that don't know combat sports, they're like, dude, you think Jake has a chance against Tommy? I literally tell them, you should rephrase that question. Like, you should be asking me, do you think Tommy has a chance against Jake? Right, right. Jake has far more ways to victory. He can knock him out. He can beat him in the distance. I, I think the, the biggest things that Tommy has going for him is he does have knockout power. He's got strong arms. But he also throws his punches with his arms, not his hips. That's not something that a boxer usually does. He wastes a lot of energy. He wings his punches. He throws way on the outside when he's throwing his hooks. He's like a uh, like a rock'em, sock'em robot. Mm. Like he doesn't... like actually torque in and turn right, right yeah he doesn't keep things tight at all like if you go back you'll you'll watch some of his clips and you'll be like oh dude shit <laughs> i'm gonna do burpees <laughs> <laughs> damn it man. damn it Jen. but you know you know you know, you know uh to uh and, and i do want to you know because I, I think we can bout on this boxing fight as, as long as possible to, i agree with you trans transition this back to uh the ufc ufc route as well right yeah what do you got i mean i just i mean well we we, we kind of got a little bit of this analysis on both the jake paul and tommy fury and obviously uh this upcoming weekend too we got a pretty solid ballad of of of, of star fighters as well you know kind of coming into it i mean 
even the, the the three main event fights that we were talking about. I mean, we obviously we talked about Augusto um, Sky and Dante Mays. Uh, Dante Mays, I'm sorry. We kind of talked about it briefly, bro. But you know, uh, uh, Andre Muniz and, and, and Andre Brandon Muniz Allen. and Brandon Allen. Yeah, man. In a kind of transition, I hate to transition it off. No, you're good. You're good. To even kind of bring up the same type of. Uh, oh, we already had a whole discussion on on Tatiana. Uh-huh, Kashib, uh-huh. she Khabib. You already know I'm excited for that one. I cannot wait for Suarez. Uh, I can't so, wait. okay, I who can't do you wait. have, Munez or or Allen, and how do you see it going down? You think it's a knockout? You think it's a, a sub? Uh that's a damn good question, brother. That's a damn good question. For me, if I was to look back into it, or if I'm gonna look into it, I'm sorry. Um. Uh, you know, one of those things where it's just like when you get so used to something, say, for example, if you get in and you're, you're knock out one guy, you get into the next one or a girl and you get into the next one, you knock out that person, too. You're going to be thinking, man, I got these fucking knuckles and I can knock, I can knock anybody, anybody right? out. Yeah. Think about think about Andre is that he's had nothing but submissions. It seems like, bro, this guy probably has that that almost right? invincibility feeling of like, I can right? probably sub anybody I get on the ground with. Brother, I get you on the floor. I'm Charles yeah. Oliveira. You're fucked. I mean, he has right? 15 like, submissions out of 23 wins. That's pretty fucking sound. <laughs> you know, and, and I think right there in that sense, brother, that's the scariest part about it, right? Because sure. Mr. All-In Allen, um, as much as I like him, and I do like this guy a lot. But the only, way, the only way I could see this guy winning, man, is decision. And that's wearing this guy on the stage, <laughs> brother. Grappling with him, wearing him on the cage, just draining this guy out, trying to take a takedown, but being very hesitant for this guy's ground game. But okay. at the same time, you know, like you're not seeing a lot of I mean, you you do see submissions coming out of Allen, but it's only as of recent when this guy still slowly started getting hungry for it. But I mean, Allen has eleven submissions, bro. I mean, I'm gonna have to ask you to slow the fuck down there, bud. <laughs> He's got four less submissions than your boy Muniz. And let me just play devil's advocate here, devil's avocado, as uh, Michael Bisping likes to call it. And let me just ask you two questions. You only get one fucking word answers, okay? Or or two word answers. I just want you to list who you think would win this fight, okay? Andre Muniz versus Chris the Action Man Curtis. Who wins? Ooh. Just the fighter. Who wins? Ooh. Quick fire. Quick fire. Who wins? I had Damn, that sucks. I mean... All right, he says Andre Munoz. All right, so question number two. Andre Munoz versus Sean Strickland. Who wins? Ooh, Shawnee Sean, brother. I got to say. You got to say Shawnee Sean? Sean just showed me too much, bro. He showed perfect, me too much. Perfect, perfect. You know? So Brandon Allen, one of two of his last uh, losses in the last, what, like four years, almost five years, was Sean Strickland. Before that, it was Anthony Hernandez. So, I mean... Again, I feel like you're disrespecting my boy Brendan. I don't know. I mean, I like Andre Munoz, but Brendan Allen is somebody that, you know, though he doesn't have 15 submissions, he has 11. And he's got five TKOs. So, you know, I think yeah, I think you're disrespecting the boy. No, you know, you know what? <clears throat> and I hate to disrespect him because I, I, you know, I am everlasting disrespectful. But when it comes to the fight game, you know, when it comes to what has been shown who's a little bit sharper, uh, who seems a little bit but sharper. The hard thing about this is Brendan Allen's one of those guys that just fights fresh. 
I mean, he can yeah. fight today, brother, and then a month he's fighting again. This guy, I yeah. think if, if you correct me if I'm wrong, I think he fought three times to 22. You know? Yes, and, and, he fought. And, and they were pretty back-to-back, like February and then June and then October. Like, And again, like the first one was against Sam Alvey. That was a two-round fight. Not like he didn't take any damage in that. Right. He right. ended up getting the submission in that one. Then he went against Jacob Malkoon. That one went the distance. And then he turns around after that and fights in October against Christoph Jocko. And that one was a, a first round finish for him. So I, I don't know. I feel like he's young. young. He's riding. Yeah. He's riding a bunch of wins. He trains with the you know the the homie Dustin Poirier from time to time. Um, I don't love that he's at Sanford MMA or whatever the fuck they're called now. Kill Cliff MMA. They change names every three weeks. I feel like that fucking Henry <laughs> Hoof gym. Now, I'll never be a fan of Henry Hoof. Okay, he's like he's the fighter killer. He only has good fighters because he gets fighters that are good and makes them go with each other. But anything he teaches them just waters them down. Um, I am a hater of Henry Hooft. Yeah, it's facts. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> no, no, um, hey, hey, no need. We we are drinking a lot of haterade right now, so no need at all. I just have to. I just have to remind people. Uh, Brendan Allen is on our fucking parlay. So whose side are you on, Tian? <laughs> I'm no traitor. I'm no traitor to my boy Million. <laughs> I apologize. Shackle my arms right now because I apologize. I'm not saying Andre is going to win here. I think if Andre does end up winning it would be on a potential fuck up from brendan allen i think brendan has every every opportunity to win on this one truth be told and i did want to talk to you briefly about this a little bit later um in terms of you know who might have the best upset i mean there's not a lot of heavy upsets the only one i think that's pretty pretty heated in terms of the spread wise is tatiana versus you know montana but prior to that brother i mean everything is within the plus 200 plus 150 plus 175 range so the way I look at those ga- those fights, when it's under 200, it's any any single Sunday. Oh, it's you know anybody's I mean? game. Any single Saturday, I guess. You know, I mean, it, it, it comes to whoever is coming in, coming sharp at that time, uh, and whoever looks like they want to win, man. And I think, like you said, I mean, Brendan Allen, he's a young buck, bro. Being he is. 27, being 27 and having almost 25 fights. Yeah, that's he's an absolute not. beast. And when you look at Andre Muniz, bro, this guy's literally started fighting since – 2009 you know what i mean so he's had and a lot of actually fights. dude brendan allen has had 25 fights he's actually at 30 he had five amateur fights he went five and zero oh in his amateur career too and that's and that's crazy. he's incredible at, dude. he's a beast and he's so young <laughs> and if you look at that right those five fights that he had in his amateur all in one year yeah this guy was fighting like he was ready he was hungry yeah he was hungry and and, and the sad part about <clears throat> sad part about losing bro is that you take a step back and sometimes you don't think that you can get back to the mountaintop, right? So, like, Absolutely. for him to lose against Sean Strickland, not a bad loss. For him to lose against Chris Curtis, not a bad loss. You know, I think he's fighting Gaslam next. You know, I, 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 I think when it comes to, you know, waking back up, you know, I mean, he fought those those two fights that he had lost was TKO. For him to get back from the TKO and get into submission, um, and it seems like on both sides, I mean, he had submission yeah. against Carl Roberson. Uh, and then going one against uh, Sam the Smile Alvey. Sorry, Jen, but Sam Alvey. You know, I think I think it's crazy because when it comes to you know coming in and fighting your game, I just feel like whoever gets the best when it comes to dominating on the ground game is gonna win. Because like you said, both of them have yeah. a fantastic ground game. So it depends on who gets tired first. And I think what we were talking about briefly uh, prior to the actual podcast. Man, bro, I think Brandon Allen has an insane grappling. I he, think has he has underrated grappling. 
Underrated. Very underrated. underrated grappling. That's why I was saying, like, people, like, if you look at him, you're like, oh, dude, Andre Muniz can submit pretty much anybody. But then you look at, like, their submission wins, and it's it's a four-fight difference. And the difference is, like, Brandon Allen has been fighting UFC-level competition for years now. And he's he's been doing it very consistently. Like the guy has had well over 10 UFC fights. So, and he's a, he's a Dana White's contender series alum. So again, like all the shine to the contender series guys, I think that show was, is paying for itself by the amount of talent that's come in from it. And I think that that's going to be a great fight to watch. I think Brennan does it by knockout though. I think he gets a knockout in the second round. I think he gets a TKO in the second round. I think, I think they both wear each other out. Um, I think they both wear each other out. I think that Brendan Allen goes into the third round, takes him down, drains the fuck out of this guy, bro. Just drains yep. him out, and he wins by decision. That's my analysis. I think I think both- Brendan drains him in the first round and then cooks him in the second round with strikes. Um, like the he, He's only ever lost four times, uh, Muniz, and all four losses are TKO KOs. Um Two of them were in the first round, technically. One of them was a doctor stoppage after the first round. One of them was 50 seconds into the first round. And the other two were in the second round. So, actually, no. Three of them were in the first round. Holy fuck. Yeah, three of them were in the first round. Uh, the second knockout he had was at 251. So, I think you're he's going to get knocked out. You know what I mean, yeah. brother? You're fighting a young buck that's going to go in. And you got to think, to be... And I hate, hate to keep saying with the, the, the youth side, but, you know, I think yeah. we had a uh, podcast recently where we did talk about – I'm trying to remember what was the fight, brother. It was prior to this – where we did actually talk about something that was just like this, where it was – Yeah, it was like a big um, age difference. It was a big age, big age difference. And they, This one's not nearly as big of an age difference, though. This one's only 27 to 33. I think they're pretty close. Like, honestly, I would say that Andre Muniz is just now entering his prime. Like, I would say 32, 33 years old is your MMA prime. It's when the brain catches up with the body, uh, all that good stuff. And Brendan Allen is still five years from his prime, which is fucking terrifying. (laughs) He's going to be the next Poirier, who's like 10 years in and finally gets a title shot. Sorry to bring it back up, but it was Teixeira versus Hill, the one that we were talking yes, about. Yes, Teixeira versus you know? Hill. That was a great fight, too. Fantastic fight. Fantastic, Fantastic fight. fight. Boy, did we um, not see that one going the way that it did, right? Oh, I think boy. We both, I think we both no, boy. really ought to all agreed, right? That, that, I don't that even need Teixeira to talk about that fight. <laughs> so I, think, I think when it comes to experience, when it comes to uh, skill and athleticism, um, I think obviously you're always going to want to go with the guy that's more seasoned, but – when you sure. talk about the sharpness and you talk about a guy that potentially, man, dude, he's fighting three times a year, four times a year. I mean, literally from 2021, 2022, this guy's fought six times. I think it just comes to show you, bro, this guy is literally going to come in and he's going to be wanting to rock. So I I, yeah. I think, like you like you said, I think if it goes to a potential uh, where we're thinking the difference, I do think that he's going to go in there and knock him clean. Uh, I, I, I truly believe that, Brandon Allen. And, and like you said, if it was – uh, Andre's only lost three, four times, and every single time is first round knockout. I we're gonna make it five. You know, we might see the fifth one coming into this one. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. Same night oh, as Shogun. Man. That was Shogun. tough, oh. dude. Watching that Shogun fight made me just die inside a little bit. That was horrible oh. to watch. You know, not even I, gonna lie to you, there was no part too. of me that enjoyed that fight. You know, hurt me too, brother. And I text you about this Fedor's uh, retirement. Oh man, bro! Did I get sad about Fedor, bro? Man, I literally I cried. I cried a little bit. Not gonna lie to you. Not gonna lie to you. Grown grown men cried that night. Grown Grown men cried cried. that night. Absolutely, absolutely. Damn, damn, damn. damn. But for what you were saying, 
I agree with you, and I agree with Emiliano on this too, man. I think Brandon Allen is the one guy that is the uh, X factor that Andre hasn't seen yet. Um, and like you said, Brandon Allen has fought no one but stars. He literally has fought in bucks, and everyone that he's lost to, it's, it seems like these guys have been really damn good fighters. So, Damn good fighters. I, I see it going that way. I definitely see yeah. it going that way. I think um, Brendan Allen gets it done. Uh, just in case anybody did miss the kind of okay parlay, let me just throw it up here real quick. So we have a three-pick parlay as usual. The total odds end up being plus 1065. We got Jordan Levitt locking it down with the money line to start us off strong. Minus 115. Picked by yours truly, T. Piz. Taking the Piz. TN. And then we got Mr. Dante Mays coming in, not having to go against a guy who pisses radioactively and is a uh, ex-Olympic wrestler. And he's going to hopefully beat the brakes off Augusto Sakai. No disrespect to Augusto Sakai. You've done your part. Um, but it, it's time. It's time for Mr. Dante Mays to shine. Plus 115 coming in hot. And then Mr. Jive Turkey Nano himself, he's probably moving into the dessert course right now with that dinner date with Ant. Uh, and he picked Brendan all in, Allen. And just like Jive Turkey Nano, we are all in on Mr. Brendan Allen. He's the plus 190 money line. Again, minus 115, plus 115, plus 190, bringing us in at plus 1065. That is 15 whole doll hairs. To return $174.85 whole cents. So this is the kind of okay parlay. It is not the perfect parlay. It's not the best parlay in the whole damn world, but it is the kind of okay parlay. And we're hoping it takes us there one day. Um, as always, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. We love you all very much. And we will see you Sunday for the recap episode. We should be back here with Mr. T-Piz himself. Wait, wait, uh, there we go. There he is. Hey, that guy. <laughs> there he is. Uh, pointing fingers. I'll get better at that. Um, it's, I got to remember it's the wrong way for me. So the opposite way. Uh, so yeah, Mr. T-Piz is going to be here on Sunday. So is Jive Turkey. Um, unless the ant needs him for a breakfast. You know what I'm saying? But either way, we should be here at 10 a.m. Ready to go. Ripping and roaring, whether we're right or wrong. And uh, just here for the good times and the laughs with you guys. So... Thanks again. T-Piz, anything you want to shout out before we, before we go? Um, yeah. I mean, hey, shouts out to, uh, shouts out to all the fighters this weekend. That's going to be, you know, giving us an absolute barn burner of a fights. Truth be told, man, I don't see a lot of these going decision and I pray it doesn't, you know I mean? If it does, I'm hoping technicality, but truth be told, I don't see any of these going decision. I mean, running it all the way through and even the and I'm and I'm sorry we didn't get a chance to fully talk about the Krylov versus Span, but we both kind of agreed on. That's not the people's main event. Ah, I love it. I love it. The people's main event. You might want to tune into boxing this weekend because you know what we are doing. You already know what it is. Yes. Tommy Paul. Is that what you're calling him? Tommy Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Paul. Tommy Jake Paul. Fury. Jake Fury and Tommy Paul. They're gonna get it on. Getting it on this weekend. You know what? Hey, bless everyone that's able to watch this. We appreciate you so much. And uh, thank you again to uh, the Big O. Thank you for MMA and only. And thank you to Jen as well for being able to chime in with us for live. And uh, we appreciate everyone that's uh, going to be able to listen to. Thank you again. We'll see you on Sunday. We'll see you on Sunday. Thanks again. Big shout out to Jen for being the homie in the chat. We always appreciate the energy that you bring and you just tuning in. Uh, we love it. So thanks again, guys and gals. We will see you on Sunday and then make sure you tune in next week as well. We'll be doing a special episode with myself and Mrs. MMA casual herself, Hannah Rose, kind of a big deal over on MMA Twitter. If you're not following her there, make sure you do that too. 
thanks again, Tien. We will see you on Sunday morning. And thanks to the fans and the supporters. We love you all very much. Till next time.